Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. about to kick off in the Canadian Football League in the Canadian Elite Basketball League now at halftime in Scarborough, Ontario your Edmonton Stingers trailing the Shooting Stars 49-48 Elks coming up on Sunday more on them in a minute here Ken Hitchcock, Edmonton native yesterday voted into the Hockey Hall of Fame the official induction ceremony will be in November Hitch was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today uh, always a lot of great stuff on, on Bob's show so I will always highly recommend you listen to it or catch the podcast later as I know many of you do uh, great interview with Hitch uh, I mean Hitch he, uh, you know, Hitch, is, Hitch is a good talker he's a good storyteller um, he, he, uh, he's usually pretty open I mean we had him coaching here for about three quarters of a season a few years Years ago, and uh, he, he was at. Mooner was in there with Bob today too, and they asked Hitch about uh, sort of uh, did he have to battle for credibility, especially early in his coaching career. Lots of times, Bob, people would wonder, well. He only played till he was 18. He didn't play professional hockey. That was number one. And then number two was, he's overweight. What's he going to be able to teach us? And I felt like I had to really prove to people that I had the knowledge that could help them. But I was really genuine in 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 trying to help players, and I think that won them over. To be honest with you, is the fact that I cared. I cared about their success. I cared about them personally, and I I went out of my way to show that. And I, I did it. I didn't do it with a game plan. I did it because I did care, and I I wanted to see that what was best for them. And I think that won the players over. And and uh, allowed me to be a coach. But I, I heard those comments a lot. I certainly didn't hear them the last 15 or 20 years of my coaching career, right. but I right. did early in my career for sure. Yeah, Hitch was great in that interview as we bring Morley Scott uh, on board. Morley, obviously you would have uh, covered uh, yeah. you and Rod several of those. I don't know if you'd uh, – well, Hitch wasn't around for I think the last one or so, but all those Dallas-Edmonton series, and that was part of the storyline, Hitch going up against his Edmonton team. We know Edmonton upset them the one, and then Dallas uh, kind of went from there. But, I mean, you obviously would have got to know or at least interview Hitch, yeah, uh, I guess, a lot sure. over the years there and in those series. Spent a lot of time talking with Hitch. He was one of those guys where you'd, you'd go to, to do a pregame interview with him and you'd end up sitting in his office for 20 minutes to a half an hour. You'd have a, you'd have a three- or four-minute interview, but you just talk hockey and just talk about other stuff. He's just a great guy to be around. Uh, always enjoyed my encounters with Ken Hitchcock just because he just knew so much and he just loved to talk and tell stories and he was, and he was open with stuff too. He'd often tell you stuff that maybe he wouldn't tell 
tell you know say on the record in the media but he'd, he'd be a great guy to talk to to give you help you prep for your for your broadcast and stuff like that yeah just uh, I always love always love talking to Ken Hitchcock and, and, and in that answer because Bob asked asked him a question about his weight you know because I guess like it or not that was a story and I know Brownies told stories when he was playing for Hitch in the dub you know some of the abuse Hitch had to take you know like fans hanging cookies over the glass and I, I can't remember the arena but the 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 visiting team had to walk across the ice and you know the organist would play the uh, the root beer the root bear theme or whatever the from the uh, A&W commercials so like yeah. you, you gotta you gotta deal with stuff and uh, you know it's not pleasant to talk about but that is that is part of Hitch's story you know he's he was a, a large man in a in an athletic sport and he did he did have to have to overcome that stigma for sure Absolutely, and and full credit to him because you know he was he was most days. I know it probably got less when he got older and was was coaching, but he was out in the ice every day, and and uh, he was he he worked hard out on the ice too. You know he got out there and he he had his skates on and he was skating and uh, doing his thing. I know uh, I first probably interviewed him probably when I was working in the WHL back in the eighties, and he was in Kamloops, and he's just been a guy that he's just he's just got such charisma, and you just as I said before, you just like being around him. You just like talking hockey with him. Yeah. Yeah, good for him to go into the Hockey Hall of Fame again. The official induction will be in November. Uh, Hitch on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer uh, earlier today. We'll, we'll try to drop in a couple more clips from Hitch as we move along here tonight. A great story for him. Okay. Well, Morley, uh, remind me again, how many years of uh, Elks of double E play-by-play is this for you? Since uh, 2010, so I think that's uh, 13, 14 years, 13 seasons. All right, so you have called uh, at least one shutout. Uh, you have called a home win, believe it or not, and you have called a shutout by the team, uh, mm-hmm. not not against it. I, I mean, I, I, I hate to do this to fans because it's like, really? But, I mean, I remember, they, look, they've had some tough outings. Um I guess the closest that I can remember, and I don't, I don't even remember the season. I was trying to, I was trying to look back on it. It might have been back either. Like Ricky was still here, so it might have been eleven or twelve. And there was a game in which I believe they had three offensive linemen injured. So like they were literally starting a guy or two that they had just signed, and I think BC beat them. Yeah, I think I just I think it was Friday, August nineteenth, twenty eleven. Seventeen one, I think. Thirty six one for the Lions. Oh, it was yeah. a home yeah. game. Yeah, they lost. They they did lose a game seventeen one uh, at some point, but that was the game. It was basically snap, and then Ricky's running for his life. I mean, he didn't even have time to throw a quick pass, and that was hopeless watching it. But you, you almost expected it that game because of all the injuries. Um, but I mean, that's kind of how it felt on Saturday. After a while, it was just like, well. Where where do you go from here? So that and then Chris Jones comes out and says today he hasn't liked the first two days of practice this week, and I'm no. thinking, oh no. Yeah, but he also said uh, in comparison that he thought day two last week was the best day two practice he's had as as a coach in Edmonton in, in the last two years. So you never know what it's going to mean because they played they practiced well last week and then went out and didn't play well so who knows what it means right who knows what the carryover is even there's lots of talk about with hockey coaches too like if that they don't like the morning skate morning skate's awful then they go out and play a great game that night uh so it, it's hard to get a read on it but yeah he hasn't liked it uh he said uh, today wasn't very smooth and uh, he wasn't enamored he said apparently we still have the bad taste in our mouth something along those lines yesterday yep. after practice so he hasn't liked what he's seen this week for sure and uh 
it's got to be worrisome a little bit, I think, uh, to him. But like we say, who knows? Uh, he expects them to bounce back. But who knows, you know, what kind of effect that's going to have come game day because, uh, you know, things change when the lights go on, right? Yeah, and they're looking for something to go their way, hopefully early in that game. <laughs> you know, that makes you feel yeah. like, all right, we got some belief here, and sometimes you might need a break or a, or a bounce or something like that. But did, did you... Because here's an interesting thing, and this, you know, Jason Greger came in last night, and and he he brought it up, and uh, and we sort of wondered during the preseason, Cornel- Cornelius didn't play a lot in the preseason, and I know how often that's how it goes with some of the starters, but I was also thinking he's not an established quarterback. He only threw nine passes in the preseason, and I get that Jones says, oh well, his first two weeks of camp, he never missed a throw. But the, my counter to that is, but he's not playing against guys who are going to take his head off. It's They're still teammates. Mm-hmm. So how did you sort of weigh what you were seeing from Cornelius up, up until the games actually started counting? Uh, yeah, I was surprised uh, in the preseason that he didn't play a little bit more just because of the situation he's in. Sure, he's the starter, but uh, he's a starter, kind of a different kind of a starter. He's a young starter. I remember back in, I think it was 2015, Mike Riley didn't play a snap in the preseason uh, uh, leading and then ended up getting hurt in the first game. And a lot of people thought, well, maybe if he played you know, in the preseason, his timing would have been better or whatever. I, I'm not sure. That's a, that's a tough uh, line to walk because if you play him too much and he – takes a hit and gets nicked up then you're like why am I playing him in a game that means nothing right so uh, and, and I know with Chris Jones remember back in 2014 he played him late into that game late in the season against the BC Lions and he ended up breaking his foot and trying to play through it the next week in, in the playoff game in Calgary and he just was not effective whatsoever so uh, Jones has had experience both ways I guess but I was surprised and he was great at training camp there's no doubt about that uh, he came in focused he was laser sharp uh, he was hitting guys uh, and then uh, he didn't play much in the preseason games, as you mentioned, and and then in the in the first two games of the season, you know, he had. Uh, you know, he had a few plays. There's a, few, you know, and he had some drops. Uh, it's not all his fault, right? But it, as the old saying goes, not your fault, but your problem, right? It, it kind of all reflecting back on him. So uh, I don't think he's been as bad as people think when you when you take in the blocking when you take in uh the drop passes when you take in uh, you know the penalties and stuff like that but he's clearly got to get better there's lots of room for improvement and i i'm i'm trying to be on the on the side of things read that I, I i think this team is closer than people think i i think there's an, an opportunity to still have a, a pretty good offense especially with the weapons they have but everybody's got to pick it up i mean mm-hmm. like everybody's got to pick it up i mean the run game hasn't been there. Receivers are dropping passes. Uh, Jones talked today a little bit about uh, how the, they're not running the routes uh, correctly at some point. And, uh, you know, the, the blocking certainly hasn't been there. He's been under a lot of pressure. So there's lots to improve. And I think it's really hard to judge Taylor Cornelius until everybody else around him starts to do their job a little bit better. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the interesting thing, right? I, I agree with you. And I'm not trying to make this all about one guy. But I also know what a star quarterback can do, both yeah. sides of the border. I mean, it's yeah, it's, and, and then there's so the that's where, right. <laughs> that's why I go yeah, back okay, and forth. This, this quarterback goes on and he makes guys around him better, right? There's that kind of a quarterback, right. and right now, I don't know if Taylor's at that point in his career right now, right, where he can he can just say to guys, okay, let's just go play better, and, and he'll play better, and everybody will follow him. I don't know if he's at that stage yet, uh, but. 
you're right. It's not his fault, but he's got to be the guy to lead them out of this, and he's got to be the guy to play better. He's got to be the guy to to snap everybody to attention. Maybe 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 crack some uh, crack some whips in the in the in the huddle when guys aren't doing the things correctly, just to snap everybody to attention. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll see how he does against the Argos. Who are coming in here one and zero? They only played uh, the one game. They had the bye in week one, and then they hosted the final game of the week in uh, in week two on Sunday. A you know, relatively convincing victory over Hamilton, who did lose Bo Levi Mitchell during the game. I I still I, I can't tell you really what I think about Toronto. I mean, they were uh, they they rallied late last season. And, and won the Grey Cup, and and including the win in Edmonton late in the regular season. They won a couple games in the regular season. They probably were, were at least minor thefts. And then you could even say the Grey Cup was a minor theft, the, the, yeah. the way it well, played out the end, but they won it. The, yeah. the game here at Commonwealth. Yeah, like they, they, year, they didn't right? have the lead till there was 30 seconds left, yeah. right? So yeah the, the Elks, yeah, the Elks only trailed for like 14 seconds or something in that game, and it was the last 14 seconds of the game. So I think they're good. I don't know if they're they're great, and I really don't know what to think about Chad Kelly. I, I know he, he got three rushing touchdowns, but they're, you know, they're, they're in from the one. So that's what I, I and I do think the Elks defense is good. I, I, I don't yeah. think I'm overestimating them. I actually think they're very good and maybe they could be excellent by the end of the season. So can, can Jones do something to, you know, befuddle a guy who's basically a rookie starter in the league? I mean, he only mm-hmm. played the last quarter of the great cup and he had a couple other appearances for the Argos. Yeah. He, he ran short yardage and, and, and played very little last year and then got into the great cup when McLeod Bethel Thompson got hurt and produced uh, last week. He got the win. You can't complain about the the results from from last week's game uh, against Hamilton. He got the win. He did rush for the three uh, touchdowns, but I think he threw 213 yards in in the air, and that's not a huge number. And he's going to get a, a different kind of look at a at a defensive scheme that he's probably not used to a little bit, you know, with especially with D linemen dropping back in a linebacker's position and stuff like that. So uh, he's he'll he'll be tested, I think, this week. And there's a pretty small sample size on him. The hype train is running really fast. In, in Ontario, though, about uh, Chad Kelly. A lot of the, the national media people are really excited about, about Chad Kelly. I think it's a real small sample size, so uh, going to re- reserve judgment. But well, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be tested this week for sure well, by a defense that's, as you said, been going pretty well. Well, Dave Naylor on TSN, who's an outstanding reporter, don't get yep. me wrong, but his article was a column, so opinion, was that like he's, he's the most important player in the league because he could be a star quarterback in Toronto. I'm like, Dave, like pump the brakes. Like, Ricky Ray <laughs> played in Toronto quite recently it didn't necessarily I know they won a couple great cups but it's not like the attendance tripled so you know like kind of thinking like slow down a little here buddy and and I mean let's face it like he's basically as you said a rookie quarterback and and those guys ride a roller coaster man I mean uh, even look at Taylor Cornelius and we've talked so much about him he's into his third year first year as a full-time starter and his roller coaster is going pretty good too when you when you look back to some of the things he's accomplished in the last couple of years and then into this year and that so things change in an awful hurry if if you know you get sacked on a couple straight series or you get sacked and you get picked off or or somebody drops a pass, all of a sudden the arrow's pointing down and everyone starts to take a step back and and, and the pressure, you know, is turned up a little bit. So things change in a hurry. There's no doubt about that. And uh, as again, I'm, I want to see more games with Chad Kelly before I say anything about him being the most important player in the league right now. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, quarterback-wise, it's still uh, Kalaros is still <laughs> the king yeah. until someone can can go out and do anyone. And it's a big gap. It's a big gap for from. Kalaros well, and that and, and that's the thing, right? And I think that's what's changed in the CFL a lot over the last. 15 to 20 years is I mean let's face it the XFL isn't very good but they have players and they have some quarterbacks who would be in the CFL you know Mm -hmm. and so the NFL has uh, you know larger rosters and they pay guys a a ton I mean Nathan Rourke might not take a snap this year in the NFL but he's going to make what five times ten times what he would make here yeah make more money than most CFL quarterbacks uh, are going to make for sure and yeah that's the thing Uh, you know money talks right so that's why there's guys down there playing like ten years ago everybody had a good quarterback right there was no you know there was a point in the CFL uh, you know in the last you know couple of decades where nobody had any quarterback issues and now year in year out teams are wondering about their quarterbacks they can't find their quarterback it started probably back in 2019 it really started when the, when the quarterback started to move around a little bit more and and then all of a sudden it became every team's got some sort of question at the quarterback spot and that hasn't really changed in the last four or five years where where you know teams there's a lot of teams that have questions you know whether it be injury questions or whether it be are are guys good enough to play in the CFL so um, it's it is it is very different now uh, Quarterback-wise in the CFL. All right. Hey, Morley, thanks for staying up late to do this, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, come on. Let's not, I'm not that late. Oh, okay. Sorry. I got another hour before I got to go to bed. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Uh, you bet, Reed. Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for the Elks here on 630 Ched. Morning sports anchor here on 630 Ched. So he does get up pretty early, but I guess it's not quite his bedtime. He'll have the call on Sunday, 3.30 countdown to kick off with Brendan Escott. Game at 5, Elks against the Argos. Uh, speaking of uh, all-time CFL legends, Damon Allen is going to join us in about 15 minutes here on Inside Sports. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chan Inside Sports. Yeah, we'll try to get you an Inside Sports Canned Ham. If you sign up for that podcast, uh, short of that, we'll try to get you an Inside Sports Canned Ham t-shirt from Elite Promotional Marketing. We've been giving those away for about a month here on the show. BC in for a touchdown halfway through the first quarter. Lions up 6-3 against the Blue Bombers. They are kicking the extra point right now, and it's good. So it's 7-3 for the Lions. Ken Hitchcock, as I was talking about with Morley on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today, Hitch uh, voted into the Hockey Hall of fame yesterday he was talking to Stoffer and Mooner about making that transition coaching midget in Sherwood Park to coaching Kamloops in the WHL I didn't even know you had to fire have a resume ready I, I they have a photocopy of my resume in the office that's, a, that's on a line piece of paper written in pencil I, I wasn't ready for it and Quite frankly, when I left, I saw the names that were applying, and I thought I had no chance. And to get that call a week, a week later, was unbelievable. And I was really out of my element, camp. I, I was—I had a really great group of players who knew the league better than I did. I knew how to run a practice, and I knew how to run a bench, but I didn't know anything about the league or anything like that. And. I spent 12 years coaching midget hockey, and in 12 years we had one fight. 
and then we had seven fights in the first exhibition game and I, I, I left that game number one and what the hell have I got myself into and um, so it was a real adjustment I wasn't ready for it but I had a great group of players that, that walked me through that first half of the season that got me more comfortable yeah, good stuff there for Pitch for sure on Oilers Now earlier today. Just a couple Elks notes here if you missed it earlier. Manny Arsenault, head coach Chris Jones, is going to be out at least six weeks. So going to have to bring a new receiver in. That will likely be either Maurice French. We talked about him before. That's uh, French with two Fs. Or C.J. Sims, who's a receiver and can also return the ball. So French or Sims likely to come in for Arsenal. Terry Vaughn is going to go on the Wall of Honor. Outstanding receiver. Played here between 99 and 2004. His name's going up August 27th when the Elks take on Ottawa. CFL legend Damon Allen set to join us. 